Hey guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Coming out of Church at the Movies, we spent three weeks doing that, and, and some of you some of you joined TC during Church at the Movies. You're like, this place is crazy. I didn't even know you could do this. Yes, I don't know if you can either, but we did it anyways, all right? So, uh, but man, we've seen lives change at Church of the Movies, and so, man, super, super excited about all that God is doing. We're kicking off this series today, a brand new series called The Glorious G.O.D. If you understand why that's funny, good for you. If you don't, it's okay. Don't worry about it, but it is, it's, it's, it's going to be an awesome Christmas series, and, and our goal for today, we're going to do two things, actually. We're kind of merging the Christmas series with our Bridge Builders offering today. Because I want to talk to you about the whole reason why Jesus came. I want to say again, I want to talk to you about the whole reason why Jesus came. I, I, I think for, for Southern Christians and just American Christians in general, sometimes it's easy to think and forget about why Jesus is here and what Jesus came to accomplish. And today I want to talk to you about why Jesus came to this earth because, hear me, he always came to reach people. I'm going to say it again. He always came to reach people. And that's what I want to talk to you about a little bit today. In, in Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 41, uh, there's a story about Jesus. And he's, he's walking through the towns. And, and we pick up where this man approaches him and comes to talk to him. And he says this. It says, a man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees. And this is what he said. If you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, here's something that I think is very interesting about what this man said. He didn't say, if you are capable. He said, if you're willing. I'm, let, let me put it this way. He wasn't concerned about whether Jesus had the power to do it. He was concerned of whether or not Jesus would be willing to do it. And here's the thing you have to understand, because if you go back into this time frame, the man with leprosy, no one wanted to touch him. No one wanted to be close to him. No one wanted to be associated with him because he, he was the outcast. No one wanted, if you were close to him, now you were considered unclean. If you touched him, you were considered unclean. And so, so here we have a man who has spent his entire life being the, the outcast, or at least as long as he's had this leprosy, being the outcast, being looked down on, being shunned. And so here's Jesus, the one man that can change everything, and he's not sure that he will. He knows he can. Listen to me. He just doesn't know if he will. And I love what happens, what the Bible says. It says these next few words, Jesus is filled with compassion. And the, the word compassion, it literally means he was moved to the degree he had to do something. It, it, there was something happening on the inside of Jesus to the point that he said, I, there, I, I can't not do something about this. He was moved with compassion, and Jesus reached out, and he touched the man, and he healed him in that moment. And I, and I want to talk to you about this idea that Jesus is filled with compassion. Because as we get ready to talk about a bridge builder's offering, as we get ready to, to, to even give today, and we're gonna, we'll deal with how and all those things in a little bit, but as, I want to encourage you with something today that, that what, we're, what we do at Transformation Church, even, even your generosity as a whole, and the offering we're going to take up today and all those things, listen to me, they're not, they're not light items on a budget, they're things that move the heart of God. 
I'm going to say it again. They're not line items on a budget. They're, they're not dollar bills that are just represented. These are things that move the heart of God. Like Jesus was moved. He was filled with compassion. And hear me, I think there are so many things that God is filled with compassion. But here's the deal. God aims to do something to other people through his people. Oh, y'all are quiet today. I don't know, y'all. It's the rain, I guess. I said God aims to. Listen, that means your life has a purpose. So he wants to do something to other people through his people, which is us. Turn your neighbors say, that's me. And so he wants to do something through us. And so he's filled with compassion to the degree that he has to do something. And in, in, in every area of our church that we have, they exist not because we sat in an office and was like, we really need to come up with some places to give money away to. That was not how we came up with our list. We literally came up with this list because we, we, we saw with our eyes areas that the compassion of Jesus needed to reach people that weren't being reached well. Now, remember when my, my son, Jabin, uh, who went home to be with the Lord in May of 2018, my, myself and my wife, we had, our son, he, he had a neurological degenerative disorder in his brain. And eventually he passed away in May of 2018. And there was, we had a long journey of going to doctors and neurologists and, and just, it was this constant, for, for three and a half years, man, we lived in doctor's offices. And I would be there and my wife would be there, Pastor Dan would be there, my dad, he was always, always present for all of those doctor visits. And I, and I can't tell you how many times we sat in those hospital rooms and we would see a single mom walk in with, with two kids or three kids or four kids, and one of them had special needs or was dealing with a neurological issue. And, and we would sit back and we would think to ourselves, my gosh, I know how hard it is for us to, with a, a mother and a father who are both present for, the, for our son. And even a, a grandmother, grandfather, and, and other family that's present for our son. And even a church family and, and other people to help that's present for our son. And we're looking at this woman, and she's all alone, and we're going, how in the world is she doing this? And we, we, would, we would look at her, and, and, and if you don't know Pastor Dan, he's our founding pastor, and we, I, we call him Father Teresa. And so he's a, but he, he, was, he, would, see these, he would see these single moms, and, and, and if, you, if you don't know Pastor Dan, like, I'm not kidding. He, like, he's, he was, he's so generous. He would go, and, and if, if he's filled with compassion, I can tell you right now, he will do something about it. Like, I don't know about you, I can oftentimes live with blinders on. He cannot live with blinders on. I think he can be blinded to the things he's supposed to be doing because he sees people. And he, and, 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 and he, he would see these mom, little mamas and he would see, the, and he would just, he would, he would go talk to them. And, and, and before you know it, he's emptied his whole wallet out for them. And, and, and but, but in all seriousness, he's speaking life to them that, that what you're going through right now is not a testament to how much God loves you. He sees you. He hears your cry. He's going to be there for you. You can, you can trust him. And he's speaking life. And, they, and we're, they're having full-blown church services in the lobbies of doctor's offices because one man is filled with compassion about the thing that Jesus is filled with compassion about and, and he's speaking life to them and, and some of you there, there are ladies with kids in this church right now that are here because our family ran into you at a doctor's office and that have joined the church because they found out that God still loves them and that there are people that care about them and this church cares about you and thank you so much for being a church that cares about people and so man it, it, we, we've seen that happen over and over again but listen to me it, once you see it you can be filled with compassion and, and we've been filled with compassion because, listen to me, this isn't something that we just sat in an office and figured out. We want to take care of this people group. No, 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 no. It moved our hearts. 
And I want to I share some things with you today because if you're going to love our church, I'm inviting you to love the things we love. I'm going to say it again. If you love our church, I'm inviting you to love the things that we love. And, we, we, and, and for the record, we love the things that God loves. And so if you want to be part of our church, I'm inviting you to love the things that God loves. And so, uh, man, it, it, it's amazing. And, if we, and the same thing, Matthew 9, the word is used again. And in Matthew 9, 35 through 36, Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. And this is the part that I want you to get. Are you ready? It says, and when he, what? Saw. Can I tell you something? There is something so powerful about seeing because once you see it, you can't unsee it. There's something, something changes in your life when you see what God wanted you to see. Some, something shifts in your heart when you see. He saw the crowds and he had what? Compassion. And there's something powerful to sing. And I, and I pray that one day for, for all of you that you get to, that, you, that you'll experience in some varying degree what it means to, to see with your eyes the thing that moves the heart of God. Because once you see it with your eyes, you can't unsee it. I remember hearing stories from Pastor Dan. Uh, when I was younger, I, was, I wasn't old enough to go on mission trips yet, but I would remember hearing a story of him going on to the mission field and seeing kids, and he would come back and tell me the stories, and I, and I always thought to myself, I can't wait to get there one day because I want to go on the mission field. And this past year, I was able to go on two mission trips. It's one to Guatemala, one to the Dominican Republic, which we'll talk about a little later, but it moved my heart because I got to see people, listen to me, people that live differently than us but don't have any less joy or passion for Jesus Christ. And, and unreached people groups for kids that have never heard the name Jesus before, but we get to bring to them the good news of who Jesus is. There are powerful moments when that happens. Matter of fact, we have a team in Peru right now. Shout out to the Shimps and the Headens and all those guys that are out there. And shout out to you guys that are, <laughs> that are on the mission field right now. They're building houses for families that live in cardboard boxes in Peru right now. And so shout out to them and the Reimagined crew. And we love you guys so much. And, and shout out to Kaylee because Jake and his son Dawson, his eight-year-old son went on his first mission trip this past week. So shout out to Dawson, little Dawson. I'm so proud of you, man. And, and then shout out to Kaylee, who's here at home watching the other two kids by herself. All right, so shout out to you, Kaylee. Um, but <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so... But it, it really is super, super special. But I was so moved when, when little Dawson came up to me and he said, he's like, Pastor Brad, I'm going on my first missions trip. And I was like, oh, my gosh, the kid's eight years old and he's going on his first missions trip. And Jake sent me pictures the first day. He's like, this, this is insane. But one of the things that, was, that moved my heart was because Jake came up to me the, and the day before he left. And he said, I can't wait to go change someone's world. Because that's the language we use. We're here to change someone. I don't know that we'll change the world, but we're going to change someone's world every day. And so I, I, he said, I can't wait to go change someone's world. And I, and I just kind of, we went back and forth a little bit and just encouraging him right before he left. I said, but don't underestimate the fact that yours will get changed more. And he texted me four days ago and he said, I get it now. Because these, these kids, these families have changed my life. Why? He saw it. And compassion changes something when you've seen what God wants you to see. And things change when we see what God wants us to see. And so he's, he's drawing us to go there. And there's another story where Jesus meets the need of someone. And, and it's in John chapter 4. And in John chapter 4, Jesus and his disciples are walking. They're traveling. And so they're getting ready to, they, they stop for a moment so Jesus can take a rest 
And the disciples go into the town to get some food. As they go into the town and get some food, Jesus is at the well. A woman comes over to him. And, uh, and so Jesus starts interacting with her. And so uh, he says, can you get me some water? And she says, I, I'm not even supposed to be talking to you right now. We, we don't talk to one another. And so, uh, and, and, and so he says, well, can you can, just get me some water? So she says that. And she gets in some water. And this is what he says in verse 13. He says, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water, you'll be thirsty again. Say thirsty. Thirsty. You'll be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So he's telling her, if if you'll take what I have for you, it'll, it'll nourish, it'll bring fulfillment to your soul like you never thought possible. And she responded, sir... Give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and I don't have to keep coming to this well over and over again. Jesus is saying, I want to give you eternal life. And she's like, that sounds good because I'm sick and tired of walking all the way out here every day to get water. In the middle of Jesus trying to, listen to me, listen, I hope you're grabbing a hold of this. In the middle of Jesus trying to give her complete fulfillment, she's still worried about natural resources. Can I speak some, some life to you for a second? Everything in your life is more spiritual than you realize. She was, going, she was taking a trip to the well to get water for the day, and Jesus was ready to meet every need she could ever have. So she starts having this conversation with Jesus, and Jesus looks at her, and she says, who are you? Now, I think it's interesting that Jesus is even interacting with this woman because, one, she was not Jewish. And so, first, she's a woman, so men did not interact with women in public like that. And secondly, she wasn't Jewish. And so, so Jesus, as a Jew, should not have been interacting with her either. And so, Jesus breaks two, a cultural barrier and a gender barrier in one moment because he sees someone that needs to hear from him and needs a need met because he has the ability to meet it. So, he doesn't, I don't care what the cultural and gender norms of society are. When my heart is moved with compassion, I'll move heaven and earth to make sure that person knows I love them. And so she, she, she's talking to him and he says, go get your husband. And she says, I don't have a husband. And he, Jesus says, matter of fact, you're right. You've had five husbands and the guy you're shacking up with now isn't your husband. Could you imagine? This is in the Bible. Y'all got to read this thing. It's crazy. So he says, she's, I perceive that was to be a prophet. You know what I mean? Like she is undone. She does. And so she, She's, so literally, that's where we pick up. Go, I tell you what, go, verse 27, right? Just, uh, or sorry, then she goes, sir, give me this water. So I can do it. Then the disciples return. So the disciples come back. They see Jesus talking to this woman. They return, and they're surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? They're all looking at Jesus like, I don't think he's supposed to be doing that. But we're not going to tell Jesus that. Like, I'm not telling Jesus that, right? Like, Then leaving her water jug, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Isn't it interesting how when Jesus shows up in the most embarrassing parts of your life, it becomes a testimony and not a tragedy? Come see someone who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? And so she goes and tells him they came out of the town and they made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, let's go to Applebee's. <laughs> Think about this for a sec. A miracle is happening in front of their face and they've, been, they've become so numb to the power of Jesus, they don't recognize what's happening right in front of them. 
They're, they're, they're still, isn't it interesting that you could walk with Jesus, see him perform miracles, see him do so many things, and still forget the main reason that he's here? Come on, we need to eat something. Jesus, let's, let's go grab a bite. And Jesus is like, I don't, I don't need that. Matter of fact, he goes on to say, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. I love how Jesus fixes them with unclear statements. <laughs> I have food you know nothing about. So what do they say? Then his disciples say to each other, could someone have brought him food? <laughs> this is crazy. This is in the book. This is the Jerry Springer situation right in front of you right now. <laughs> so then they start looking at, who brought him food? Which one of y'all brought him food? We went into the town and came all the way back, and one of y'all brought him a snack already. Because they don't recognize compassion. Because Jesus is always on mission. He's going, I've got something to give away you don't even know anything about. And they're going, is it, is it, did you pre-pack? I've got something that the world needs. Then his disciples said, because someone had brought him food. My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say four months more and then the harvest? But I tell you, say these three words to me. Open your eyes and look at the fields because they are ripe for the harvest. Listen, the world is ready to be reached. God just needs people that are willing to reach them. God needs people that are ready to say yes. And I'm so grateful that I, this is such an easy message to preach because I'm not trying to convince you to do something you're not doing. I'm encouraging you to continue to do something you're doing and maybe even consider how you could do it at a greater level. Because God wants to move our hearts with compassion to see the people that God wants us to see, to do something with our lives, even beyond what we may think is possible. Listen to me, even if it's a sacrifice and a step of faith. So God is moving those people and here's my, here's my fear. Can I just tell you my fear as a pastor? My fear as a pastor, especially in the South, especially in the Bible Belt, and especially in America, is that we could come to church every Sunday, sing about Jesus, and then live Monday through Saturday not representing Jesus at all. My, my fear as a pastor is that we could, we could testify of a Jesus that we are not ambassadors for, and that we could experience a compassion that we do not give away. And and again, I'm so grateful that you are a church that does, but hear me, as we grow and as the church grows, and some of you have joined the church even over the last few weeks or months, I want to encourage you today to understand our heart as a church. What makes us great as a church is because we channel the heart of God constantly to be moved by the things that move God. I'm inviting you to say yes to that in the degrees that God moves your heart because God wants us to see and have compassion. Turn to your neighbor and say compassion. He wants us to see and have compassion because we always have to see people. And this is, I was in the mall yesterday. I was walking through the mall yesterday with Eli. And I do not recommend right now, not Eli, the mall. (laughs) Eli's great. It's the holiday part of the mall is what I was getting at. So, um, So I was, Walking through the walking through the mall yesterday with Eli and and, uh, and I told him I was like I need to I just want to look at some shoes and um, so we we have a little circuit we do we we know how it goes so uh, we're like we'll get in there we'll get out of there real fast I didn't I forgot holiday whatever so we were in there and so at one point I'm standing there and I'm texting on my phone. And, and uh, uh, a young man sees me from across the mall, and, and I can see him pointing at me and talking to his buddy. And so, uh, and then, then you're like, you know, and then he, he kind of looked, and you're like, 
Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, how do I know you? You know what I mean? Like, um, and so I, was, uh, I saw him from across the mall, and, and uh, he smiled, and I was like, oh, oh. You know, um, and so him and his buddy, uh, him and his, his friends walked over, kind of met them halfway through. If you're in this, if you're in the room right now, brother, uh, uh, thank you. I'm, I'm telling your story right now. But, uh, uh, and so we met and we just talked for a few minutes. I got to meet his friend and, and, uh, and introduced, introduce, and they were, they were like, oh, that's the pastor. You? You're, like, you're the pastor of Transformation Church, right? And I was like, I think so. Like, I don't know. Does this, you know, uh, did I do something wrong? That was what I, you know, that's where my head was at. And so. All that to say is we talked for a few minutes. I was speaking life into him, and then his, his friend was there. I was speaking life into his friend about just how good God is and how honored I am to be a pastor. And, and you could tell that from the culture they grew up in, you don't interact with pastors like that. Like, you know, and so I, um, I'm in a snapback and a, you know, zip, like I'm there. You know what I mean? So, uh, and, and so we're talking, and there was a young lady that was with them, and, uh, and she starts sharing her story. And I'll be honest with you, when I'm in public settings like that, I like to move quickly so I don't get stopped. You all know what I'm talking about? And so uh, I, was, I was there, and, and she started sharing, like, she, she was telling me, yeah, I'm, I'm homeless right now with me and my kids. And she started sharing her heart, and, and, and everything in me was in a hurry to go to the next thing. Can I just be honest with you for a second? Everything in me was like, I need to speed this up, you know. Not for her story. Like, before she started sharing, I was like, I need to hurry up because I, I got a few more things I need to take care of. And it was like God glued my heels to the floor when she was talking. And, and I felt, I just genuinely felt like God spoke to my heart to listen and be present. And so I just put my hands in front of me like this and she started sharing homeless. I got these kids and I'm going through this. And, and she was actually testifying to the goodness of God, despite what she's currently going through. And I was like, I was being encouraged. I was shining curtain. I was like, man, God's got you. God's going to take, I, you know, you come see us. I would love to come. I would love for you to come visit TC if we can help. Just trying to encourage her. Let her know that we're there. Like, you know, all, all the things that we try to do. And at the end of the conversation, we just walked away. But I'm telling you, my heart was moved because it's so easy to put the blinders on and just move through life and forget that these people, all people need, they need us. Like our heart needs to be moved with compassion. You with me today? And it's so easy to put the blinders on and forget that there's a whole world that God's got you ready to reach. We just got to see them. Come on, y'all know what it feels like to be at that red light and the dude's got the sign and you're like. <laughs> right? You also know what it feels like to accidentally lock eyes because you're reading the sign. <laughs> right? Now you can't, now you don't know what to do because he saw you see him and you don't know. Right? So you start looking for the fake $5 bill that's not in your car. You know it's not in your car. Right? So you're having a whole conversation without work. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Don't look at me like that. But you also know what it feels like to actually have that $5 bill in the cup holder and stick it out the window and say, man, have a good day or God loves you or whatever words that God leads you to use. And you know what it feels like when your compassion moves you to actually be, to not just do something, be able to do something and watch just a glimmer, just a moment in that day change someone's whole day because you, you saw it. You saw it. Because here's the reality. We don't feel responsible for what we do not see. We don't feel responsible for what we do not see. That's why many of us choose not to see what God wants us to see we don't feel responsible if we can't see it, but the reality is we will never reach what we cannot see. We will never reach what we cannot see. 
So God is moving on our hearts to do something about it because Jesus is all about people. Did you know that Christian philanthropy, Christian philanthropy accounted for 70% of all American philanthropy in 2022 at $300 billion in total? So the world says if the, we, we need to shut the doors of the church. I'm here to tell you if the doors of the church shut, the whole country would go up in flames. We accounted for 70% of philanthropy, and that means uh, generous giving and taking care of people. Like, we did that together. Christians outgave the United States government in addressing global poverty last year. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, for the record, that's not our church. That's the church. Okay, so we still, we're trying, we're just trying to build a building, y'all. Okay, so <laughs> we're doing our part, but we need help. All right, so, but all that to say is, I want to, if, if you'll give me just a few minutes, I just want to share a, a few more stories about helping you understand how our heart got to where it is and why we're so moved by this. Can I do that for just a few minutes? Are you, are you picking up what I'm throwing down today? If our heart can be moved with compassion and we'll be willing to see God can use us to change some worlds out there, and that's what God aims to do. And the first thing, the, so there's four, four areas that giving goes to in our church right now. There's, there's five total, but one of them we're changing. So for this year, it's four. And so I want to show those to you and just what God is doing and how our heart got there. But the first one is our church. And in our church, there are two things happening. Uh, first of all is our church expansion. We just talked about that with the Imagine Project, right? So the Imagine Campaign, we're going to double the footprint of this church. We're going to see God do amazing things through it. And so we, we want to be able to facilitate uh, 1,500 people in two services. That's the goal. And so we're going to aim to accomplish that together. Uh, and so, yeah, we, we, we appreciate you continue to be generous. Let's do that together, right? The second thing. We've called it, up until this point, we've called it the T.C. Haven because we didn't want to sound conceited. But I believe naming something after the person that created it is important. And so as soon as the expansion's done, the new name of our haven will be Jabin's Haven. Uh, for, and it's our, it's our ministry for kids and families with special needs. Um, as we've already shared our story, uh, we, we know what that journey feels like. We actually have some really creative solutions that I think is going to help families in a big way. I can't share them yet because they're just not all nailed down yet, but I'm really excited about it. But here's the deal. Javen's Haven, we, we, when we launched our, in our previous building, we had all this space and we were able to do all that we wanted to do. And when we moved here, we didn't have as much space. And so we've kind of been handcuffed a little bit in what we're capable of. But in the expansion, we're relaunching Javen's Haven. And I believe God's going to touch them from, some families in an amazing way. But it's... Yes, thank you, thank you. And just to help you understand how our heart is moved, because you, you hear us, but what you may not know is, I just want to give you, I want to give you a face to go with that, and that's our little man, Jabin, uh, in this picture, that's him. And so, um, and then we have one more picture of me, my wife, Ashley, and Jabin. And so, um, that's his, he's got his mama's blue eyes and his grandmama, Norma's blue eyes. And so, um, that's him. But you, you see these pictures, but what you may not see is that our heart was pulled in that direction long before we had Jabin. And I want to show you a picture from uh, somewhere around 1990 uh, uh, of Pastor Dan with another little boy whose name is Ernie. And if you can believe that's Pastor Dan, first of all. Um, Pastor Dan met little Ernie uh, on an airplane 
find in New Jersey has cerebral palsy. And God connected their hearts and moved Pastor Dan to build a relationship with him. And I remember seeing this newspaper article clipping when I was really, really young. I remember seeing it, and it just always kind of stuck with me. It's always been in the memory bank. And when we went through what we went through with Jabin, it did something special in my heart. And I've always remembered this, and I found this picture. And I wanted to show it to you today to show you that Jabin made an impact, but our heart's always been there to have compassion on people groups that a lot of churches don't know what to do with. And we want to do more. And Pastor Dan, with the church that he was pastoring at in 1990, raised the funds to give Ernie a a machine that helped him communicate with his family. They were doing bridge builder offerings before there were bridge builder offerings because God moves our heart that way. And what we're going to do as a church isn't something new. It's something we've already been doing. I'm just inviting you to say yes to it as well. How can we change the world together? And if we're not going to change the world, we can certainly change someone like Ernie's world. You with me today? So we have our church. Then we have international missions. And in in global missions where we're touching different parts of the world. Right now, we're doing that in three ways. Number one, we're training new leaders to be church planters in places like Peru and the DR And in different parts of Mexico and South America, we're going to be helping with church planting and training new church leaders in those areas. We're going to help fund new Bible translations for areas in the world that do not yet have the ability to read a Bible. And so you're going to help make that possible. And so thank you. But the third thing is that we're doing in international missions is what I call next generation impact. Because what we know is you don't change a country by impacting adults. You change it by helping raise children to know who Jesus is. And I've had the opportunity this year to go on two mission trips. Like I said, one to Guatemala and one to the Dominican Republic. And when we went to the Dominican Republic, we actually took a whole team from TC with us. And we saw God do amazing things. I actually have a picture, some pictures. So this is the slide for the playground. We told the kids we were bringing a playground. And when we sat the slide on the ground, they thought it was the playground. So they just started jumping on it for hours. So, like, we're bringing steel pipes out and concreting them in the ground, and they're just teeter-tottering this slide. And in my mind, I was like, wait, do y'all see the real thing? Y'all going to be, y'all going to think we are God. You know what I mean? Like, so, probably should have said that. Anyway, all right. So, but, uh, so we were there. Matter of fact, we put that on the ground at 7 o'clock in the morning, worked all day, went to lunch. When we came back, the same kids were still jumping on it. Our hearts were moved. And we built that playground. Every person on that trip built that playground except for Nate. He wasn't a part of it. He was there. He just didn't help build anything. So just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, But this led to this. Go to the next picture, guys, because what you don't see is a whole group of kids, a whole community of kids. And every day when they go to play on that playground, they also get meals for their family and the story of who Jesus is. And we're seeing that community change one by one. Absolutely. Matter of fact, we're already getting stories from our missionary. We have missionaries on the ground there that live there in Las Pesuales. And they, they're giving us stories already about kids that are going home, telling their parents about Jesus. And the whole family is getting saved and joining the local church. And it's amazing. Because this is leading to this. What you may not see is these kids are falling in love with Jesus in a powerful way. And these are some pictures that we were able to take while we were there of little ones praying and experiencing the love of Jesus because once you're moved with compassion you have to do something about it 
Because once you see it, you can't unsee it. We were there building the playground. And this next picture is of my wife. And uh, she had never been on a missions trip before. This was her first one. And I said, I can't, couldn't wait that we could have this experience together. I knew that God was going to do a lot of healing in her heart. Because every kid that she loves here, she was there when they were born. I said, you're going to learn to love some kids you've never met before, but you're going to love them like they're yours. And if you understand our story, you understand why that's complicated. And so we brought, I think it was 100,000 pieces of candy or so. We had candy coming out of our ears for five days. And we launched the playground when it opened. And, and for whatever reason, these kids just flocked to my wife. I don't know if it was because she had blonde hair or what. I don't know what it was, but they just, they ran to her. And so she's handing out candy. And I, I didn't see her at the time, but I heard her yell. Because I, I know what it sounds like when my wife yells. All right, any husbands, so y'all know what I'm talking about. So, um, and so... I heard, and so I turned around, and these kids were, like, mobbing her. Not aggressively, but they were just like, candy. And so, um, and so I, like, calmed them down, and I kind of pulled them away for a second. And I said, you know, and I said, put your hand, hands out, hands out, hands out. And so they all, that's what you see here is they're all opening their hands. And, and uh, she handed all this candy. When she was done, she turned around. And she was, she was weeping. And so I just pulled her close. I didn't know what she was crying about. And if your husband's crying, if your wife's ever crying, you're like, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. <laughs> right. And uh, I pulled her close. And she said, I looked up and all I could see was little hands. And what I heard in my head was, I looked up and all I could see was little hands and I had what they needed. And it just, just wrecked me. Because though everywhere you go right now is a world that's either literally or metaphorically walking up to you with open hands and we have what they need. We have what they need. She said, all I could see was hands. sorry and so she but hear me you can't do something about it if you're not willing to see it and being willing to see it changes everything and the last thing I want to put in front of you today is the national missions this is something we're doing in our country and in our country we're doing we have two things we're doing and the reason I'm telling you all this is I want you to understand the, the offering we're going to take up it's not about it's not about dollars on paper. It's about stories that are touched our heart. You guys with me today? I hope you hear what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not trying to like move you emotionally to convince you to do something. I'm just trying to help you understand this isn't an idea we came up with. This is something God has been moving our hearts for for years to say yes to. And the two things we're going to do as a church, we're going to plant more life-giving churches because the country and the world needs more life-giving churches. Amen? And so um, that, that preach Jesus. And the second thing we're going to do, and I'm so honored, 
um, is, is Pastor Dan is leading the ministry called Pastor to Pastor, where he helps heal and restore pastors all over the country uh, who are going through rough seasons of their life or even failure. And we're, you know what, we're going to heal the man, heal the family, and if we can, heal the church and heal the city. And so that's our mission out of our national missions lane. We want to do that together. And that's our story, but what you may not know is that it didn't start a few years ago. It actually started back in 1997, if I remember correctly, with a, with a man who helped my father. His name's Pastor Ross Knight. He's on the left. And in a season where our, our family was out of church and the, the church uh, the church leadership tried to destroy my father and tried to destroy our family. They pointed a finger in my dad's face and said, we'll see you and your family out on the streets and you'll never do ministry again. So when people come to me about church hurt, I kind of roll my eyes a little bit. Like, oh, you didn't get a text back? I'm so sorry. Not to minimize what you go through, but just saying, like, sometimes we just need to put on our big boy pants and understand people fail people, right? That's not the message for today. But we, we did, this was our family's experience and when it felt like the whole Christian world turned their back on our family, one man stood up and said, not on my watch. And it was Pastor Ross Knight. And I was young. I didn't even know who he was at the time. I, I, all I know is this random dude keeps showing up in my house. And he would walk in and he would pray for my dad. He would walk in. He would show up 3 in the morning, 11 at night, 2 in the afternoon. Didn't matter. He'd just show up. God told me to come pray for you, so I'm here to pray for you. And so he would just show up, and, and I remember there would be moments where he would, I came home one day, and he had taped scriptures all over the house. But I said, I don't want to read the Bible. He said, then you're going to read it in the bathroom then. He'd tape scriptures up. You're going to read it while you're getting ready on the mirror. I'm surprised he didn't tape it to our forehead, the kids, just here. You're going to get scripture everywhere you look. And he, uh, I remember he, he would walk my dad, hey, we're going to pray. My dad would say, I don't want to pray. Because sometimes you go through seasons of your life where it hurts too bad to pray because you're not sure what to say anymore. He was in that kind of season. I don't want to pray. Pastor also say, well, I'm going to pray, and we're going to walk around this house praying until you start praying. Then my dad would start praying just to get him to shut up. Y'all know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and then he'd say, we're going, now we're going to sing. My dad said, I don't want to sing. He said, well, I'm going to sing until you start singing. Pastor Ross, couldn't, he couldn't sing. So you, we needed to hurry this up. The whole house is suffering now because of this. They would walk around the house and what was happening is there was healing happening in a heart. You just couldn't see it. Because it doesn't matter when you're in the presence of God, the Lord does healings. But one man was moved with compassion about the thing that breaks the heart of God. And he was willing to do something about it. And because one man did it, listen to me, a thousand people are going to walk through these doors today. Literally, a thousand people are going to walk through these doors today and experience Jesus because one man was willing to say, I don't care what you've been through. I care about what God's got for you. And he said yes to him. And then he said yes to me. And here we are today leading a church because somebody was willing to do it. And so I hope you hear my heart. So Pastor Dan has made his mission now until Jesus takes him home. He's going to spend every waking moment, making sure that pastors know, I don't know what the rest of the world is doing with you, but you got somebody that's got your back. And I'm going to pray with you, and I'm going to sing with you, and I'm going to be there for you, because just because a pastor fell doesn't mean God's done with him. 
and we want to see him. And maybe, maybe he didn't have moral failure. Maybe he's just tired. Maybe he's just emotionally exhausted. Whatever it is, we're going to keep pastors in ministry because we need healthy churches thriving to preach the good news of Jesus Christ to lost people. And so, yeah, you can clap for that. That's worth clapping for. So I say all that to say, these are the things we're saying yes to as a church, but it's not because we just need to put some things on paper. It's because this is what moves the heart of God, and it's what moves the heart of Transformation Church. And so the question that I have for you is, do you see what I see? That's why it's part of the Christmas message. Do you see what I see? Because what we see is a world where the compassion of Jesus needs to change some lives. And it's part of what we do as Transformation Church all the time. Today, we're going to do it in part of our generosity. All right? And so we're going to get ready to take up our Bridge Builders offering today. And here's the deal. If you're new or you're like, this is my first time, I want to participate, but I need, I need time to think, that's totally fine. All right? We don't want anybody to feel like we're, like, trying to pressure you, any of those things. We're just... I've said it all the time as a pastor. My job is to lead you to what God wants and let him speak to you as the way in which you participate. That's my job. Is that okay? All right. And so I'm leading you to what God wants. How he leads you to say yes is between you and God. All right. We don't we don't try to pin people down for stuff like that. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to get ready to take up our tithes uh, or take up, not our tithes, take up our bridge builders offering. And so in that. I just want you to close your eyes across this place, and our ushers are going to come forward. We're actually going to pass the buckets for this. And you can give, just, you can just drop money or checks in the bucket if you want to, or you can go to mytc.life. You can give electronically, and there, there's a drop-down for the Bridge Builders offering, okay? So you can do that. But here's the deal. Before they pass the buckets, I want you to take 30 seconds, and I want God to speak to your heart. You ask God, God, what degree should I participate in this? And whatever he tells you, that's all we want you to do. All right? Here's what I'll tell you. The number he'll give you is probably more than you think about or you think it would be. And I want to encourage you to say yes to whatever he says because I promise you he'll honor you in return for sacrifice. Me and my wife are giving today, and we're giving above and beyond what we initial thought for the same reason. We believe we're going to help move the people that move the heart of God with compassion. Take 30 seconds. I just want you to pray about it for just a moment before we pass the buckets. Let's go ahead and pass those buckets, guys. While they're passing those, again, if you're one of those people that's like, hey, I didn't know we were doing this, but I do want to participate, the giving portal will be up, I know, at least for this whole week, probably for a little bit longer than that. So if you're one of those people, you're like, hey, I want to be a part, I just don't know what to give, I need to pray about it a little more, or I feel like God maybe is leading me to do more than I thought, I want to pray about it some more, you can give online throughout the week or at all times, so don't worry about any of that. We want to let you know that we have made those provisions for you, okay? And as the buckets go around, I just wanna encourage you to let God continue to speak to you. 
Because here's the, here's the reality. These aren't just things we're giving to today. These are things we give to throughout the entire year. As a matter of fact, the things that we talked about today, the four areas we talked about today, a portion of every dollar automatically goes to those throughout the year. So you've actually been supporting all the things we talked about every single time you give. Today, we're just taking up an offering that's going 100% to that. So let me give a little piece of clarity as we get ready to end today. 100% of the offering today is going to those areas of impact. So none of it is going to staff members or keeping the lights on or any of that stuff. None of it is going to our budget. 100% of what we give today is going uh, out to some of those areas to make impact. And so I wanna make sure we're clear about that. This isn't something to just build up a bank account. This is something for us to be generous with as we invite you to do that. All right, guys, I see the bucket toward the back. Let's stand to our feet all across this place. I wanna ask you a simple question because we never miss a service. I invite you to close your eyes. If you're here today and you need Jesus to be the Lord of your life, you're far from God, but you're ready for him to take over and be the Lord of your life. I just wanna invite you to pray this simple prayer and the whole church will pray. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. I believe you died for me. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. More information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. Mytc.life is also where you can partner with us financially, and we would love it if you would consider doing just that, as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.